to the At Our Best podcast with me, Jason Moore, and Dr. C.K. Bray. Now, this is the podcast where we talk with insanely interesting people about the many ways we can all be, well, at our best. In this week's episode, we're going to do something a little bit different. Chris and I are going to talk about the books we love, the ones that in some way help us be at our best. Remember to subscribe and click on those five stars if you like what you're listening to. Hey, Chris, how you doing? Oh, it's a good day, Jason, and it's going to be a great podcast because I'm going to learn a lot more about you from what we're talking about today. Oh, you know, I'm very shallow. I wouldn't be too uh, set your expectations too high, but it is going to be great because I, I think I am a I'm a reader. I am a book person and I know you're a huge reader and you love books. That's something that we have in common. I think it may be different levels. I think you're more of a reader than me, but you you, you read a lot, don't you? Talk, talk to us about your reading habits. Oh, I'm, I'm a huge reader. I love to read. And it started back, I mean, and people say that all the time, but I, it started back in high school. I have just always loved books. I like all types of books, all different genres of books. So I set a, a reading goal, and it's funny because I set them with my kids too, to read about a hundred books a year. But that is one of my favorite things. And we can talk about that. Like we can talk about how do you get through a hundred yeah. books. And and what are you, you downloading them on the Kindle or do you actually get proper old fashioned paper books and, and sit and read them? Right. I mean, before we even had dishes, I wanted shelves for a library. I mean, that's how much I, I love to read. So, but I mix it up. Some on my Kindle, on my phone, and on my iPad. If I love the book, I, I have to get a hard copy so that I can keep the, the hard copy and put the date of when I read it. Um, so I, I mix, and then I have a little bit of Audible. I'm more of a vacation Audible listen type of person. Yeah, I'm the same. Like, if I have a book that I'm really juiced over, I will usually get it... Um, First on the Kindle, then on in in hardback or paperback, proper book. But then I'll often also get it on Audible, so I can listen to it while I'm in the car. Um, but then if something strikes me as that's really important, then I'll go back to the actual book, find the place, find the chapter, and start highlighting and making notes. But it has to be a really good book for me to do that. But the, I think one thing that is different between you and I is I don't really do fiction. I tend to read books that align with my professional interests. But you read a lot more fiction, don't you? Oh, I, I do. But first, you have to tell me why you don't read fiction. So come clean. Look, it's a good, it's a good question. I, I, I find most fiction dull. And uh, I'm also not like even when I read a book professionally, I don't tend to read cover to cover. So I'm, I'm almost like a, an article reader. So I will read uh, to a certain point in a book and then I often will skip ahead or I'll, I'll, I'll get a bit bored by something in the book and then I'll move to another part of the book. Whereas you can't really do that with fiction. I mean, there are some books, like I remember The Great Gatsby. Like I, I can sit down and once a year I read The Great Gatsby because it's a beautiful book, beautifully written, and you can read it in a, in two or three hours. But a lot of the books that come out now that are fiction, they are there's like seven hundred pages, and I, I cannot sustain my attention for seven hundred pages. 
Now, before we jump into, you know, the books that we love and that we read, you know, in 2020 or currently reading, um, when do you read? Do you read in the morning? Do you read in the car? Do you read at night? Yeah, I do, it's random, totally random. Sometimes I'll try and read at night, but it's, um, it's rare. Uh, because I'm reading mostly professional related books, um, I, I will have a thought and then go to that book and, uh, and then read the next bit or find the bit that I want to read. And sometimes I will just take an hour off and I will say, right, I'm going to go f uh, find the comfy chair, just sit, put my feet up and read a book. But it's just I need to be taken by the moment, which is why it takes me such a long time to get through a book. But then also, if something really sparks in me, I would just put the book down and, and allow it to seep or steep, I think the word is, allow it to steep inside me and percolate. Uh, and then I, I might not be able to pick up the book again for another week because that, that thing uh, has taken such important root inside of me that I need more time to allow space in me for that idea to to elevate and then what i find is that that will find a way into my work oh that's fascinating because i'm actually opposite of that so if i find something that's great maybe i should try your way if i find something that's great it's like a great piece of chocolate cake with ice cream and hot fudge that i just want more of yeah. it but then what i do is once i finish the book i'll go back and look at highlights and just jot down highlights or i export highlights of the notes and then I'll think about it for a good couple days. So I'm going to make an assumption about something that's different between you and I, because I know with your two fancy doctorates and, and I'm sure other degrees, I, I think you're probably a little bit more of an academic learner than I am. So I, I learn mostly through doing and I find, you know, in the past when I've had to do papers and so on, uh, that's a grind for me. So I like to read something and then I got to go do something with it. So if I read something and I think, wow, that's a really good question. I got to go or a really good thought. I got to go and ask somebody that question or test that thought with somebody. And then that's where I get my learning. Whereas I feel like, yeah, you probably jive more on just the acquisition of knowledge. Maybe. You're, you're absolutely right. So I, I, for a while, you know, people say, what are you doing this weekend? And I'd say, oh, I have four research studies I've been dying to read, you know, on human behavior. <laughs> like, and I quickly learned by how they look at me that now I lie and tell them I'm doing different things, but I'm still actually, so I, I do the acquisition of it. I, I love it. I wish I remembered it better so that, you know, when I'm working with you or we're working with a corporation or doing things like that, that I can just pull it off the top of my head. But I, I do love finding it and then categorizing it. And then if I have time to prep for, you know, a workshop or a speaking event or a keynote, you know, I, I have it to pull it out, but I, I, I love finding it. It's just like gold. Yeah. To me. That's super interesting. So Chris, I told you about Great Gatsby from a, a sort of fiction perspective. What's that book for you? What's the great fiction book? I mean, maybe not the one that you've uh, held on to your whole life, but one more recently that you've been been finding some some great juice from. What what have you been reading that you've been loving? I'm gonna preface these, and you know, I won't give them you know five stars or something, but I'll just preface so people can decide for themselves because there's nothing worse than you know people will recommend a book 
and they're all excited. It's one of the best books you've ever read. And then I go to read it and I think, I can't be friends with you. That was terrible. If you think that's a good book, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not going to work. So the two, let me go for two of my, my favorites now. One that is a must read. You cannot go throughout 2021 unless you have read this book. And that's The Alchemist by Paulo Cello. And that's C-O-E-L-H-O. And it'll be all in the show notes. So um, C-O-E-L-H-O. That is a book that I read every year. And it's just a life-changing book. And I know it's good because it's been on like the top bestseller list for like the past 400 years. I mean, yeah. And and you know what? It's one of those books. I can tell you where I was when I read it. And I read it probably 20 yes. years ago. You know, but I read it on a flight from uh, from Sydney to Melbourne. It is one of the books I love because it's short and simple and it has a clear message and uh, it's beautifully written. I, I've struggled through other books by the same author and none of them really did it for me in the same way. But The Alchemist is, is very cool. And funnily enough, I'm not a very spiritual or faithful person, but I do believe there's no such thing as a coincidence. It's funny that this book has now come up three times this week, uh, and I have not thought about this book for probably two years. And then in one week, that title has come up three times. Oh, Jason, it's a sign. You, it is. You have to read it. You read his book, and every year I learn something new. There's a new insight or something about my life and change and and you know, striving after things that we want to accomplish. It is a great book. And one of the best parts that you said is that you can read it literally in a day almost. Like it's just an afternoon read, sit down for a couple of hours and you're gonna want to just let that simmer for, that's when you're gonna let simmer for a couple of days. Yeah. Although that is uh, a book of fiction and a lovely story, for me, I also would put that in my professional category because it is also a book of self-help in a sense. So it's a book that is helpful in dealing with some of the things that we talk about in our other episodes around how to be at our best. It's a book to help you be at your best. I would agree. Let, let's just go on the opposite end of the spectrum. Now, um, growing up, I was not a big sci-fi type of person. A lot of our listeners who probably are sci-fi, so I had to give a really good book. Now, um, I was forced to read this book from my wife who read the book. Now, this is one of those books that's like 10,000 pages. Actually, no, it's like 365, 366, maybe even longer. It might be 400 pages. But it's a trilogy. There's three of them. You're going to have to give yourself three months to read them. But it is so good. Now, the author's name is Brandon Sanderson. So Brandon Sanderson. Um, the book is called The Way of Kings. Now, he's one of the most prolific writers. He literally writes, I'm not kidding you, and publishes a book about every three months. And he has different trilogies, like one's called the Mistborn Trilogy, and I, I like that. But the, what I really liked about The Way of Kings is the way that he creates the characters and you get to know them, that when I finished the first book, I almost felt like I had two really good friends. Like I was really sad when the book ended because you see him go through life, you know, the good, the bad, the struggles, and it is Oh, it's just such a good book. So I highly recommend for our sci-fi friends, The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. Um, I may even just talk you into doing it, Jason. So so what about you? Now, I know you're not a big fiction. Like you said, you're not a big fiction person. So I haven't read much fiction for many years, but the, the one series of books uh, was the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And I, I'm not a fantasy kind of person, but I picked up the I watched the movie. Remember the first movie came out? And I was expecting uh, it to, to continue. It finished at like the, the most boring part. 
and I wanted to find out what happened next in the in the trilogy. So I went and I and I read the next book and and then I read the the third book and then I went back and read the first book and it felt like once I was finished I was disappointed to not be in the company of those characters. So I definitely understand that. But yeah, more recently much less fiction. One thing I do have uh, as a practice is I'm a little bit of an insomniac. I'm, I'm very much a, a night person. I find it very hard to get to sleep. So I have a practice that I have been uh, using for maybe 20 years, perhaps even longer. There is a series of books by a guy called Patrick O'Brien. Um, you may have seen a movie that relates to some of his books uh, called Master and Commander with Russell Crowe. Uh, it's a great movie. The um, Aubrey Maturin series. They're fantastic. They're set in sort of uh, late 1700s, early 1800s. They're all seafaring, swashbuckling. Uh, Jack Aubrey's the captain of this uh, ship, the HMS Surprise. And then the other character is, is a doctor, but he's also a bit of a spy. And it's fantastic. But there are 21 books. And I have to say, I've been listening to them almost every night for 20 plus years. And I have not heard the whole continuous story because I fall asleep within 15, 20 minutes. And even if I wake up really early, uh, sometimes I, you know, I can wake up at uh, three in the morning, I'll go back to the beginning of a book and I will have a book on for about a month and then I'll move to the next book. But uh, and I, uh, there are snippets, that, there are things that I know happen in this series. But every time I listen to these books, they feel fresh and new. I feel like I will never really finish the series because I only get to listen to 15, 20 minutes a night. <laughs> I've never... Well, that's a good way to keep the books fresh. Okay. I, I'm going to have to try. I'm going to get those books. I have not read those. That is that mostly where you listen to them? Yeah. Is it bedtime yeah. or listen in the car? Listen to them um, because the, the actual books, the paperbacks, um, are, are very densely technical. So if you're interested in you know, the seafaring technology of the eight, early 1800s and all of the words and the names of things, then you'll love it. But actually, I, I think the recordings, which are abridged and remove a lot of the jargon, are, are more interesting because they just focus more on the story, not the specific names of the uh, sails or the things that stop the sails from flying away. <laughs> All right, well, share one of your favorite workbooks or would you say one of your top favorites? All right, I got three books here. I got a book I absolutely love. I got a book that I'm reading now that I love. And I've got a book that I'm going to read next. And I already, to my point earlier, I've already dipped into some of the some of the pages at the back. So my number one book, and I recommend this book for anybody uh, who does want to find some some ways of being more at their best at work or just in life. It's called The Inner Game of Work by uh, Timothy Galway. Now, I, I fortunately got to spend some time studying with Timothy Galway way back in the, in the 90s. And um, he's known as the grandfather of modern coaching. And he his first book was The Inner Game of Tennis. And he learned a bunch of stuff that now feels quite familiar. But back in the 70s, when he uh, started to... Uh, experiment with different ways of teaching people how to play tennis. It was absolutely revolutionary and it was all about the principle of uh, awareness and choice. And almost all of my work now is about those two things. 
we, we can be at our best when we are more aware of ourselves, our surroundings and others, and when we are when we feel that we are in a place of choice. And that is all very beautifully represented in this book, The Inner Game of Work. There's also The Inner Game of Golf. So if you're a golfer, it's a fantastic book as well. The Inner Game of Work is hard to put down. Is it written in the 70s or this is like an updated version? It's an updated version. So he wrote The Inner Game of Tennis probably in the 70s. And then, like most people, once once people started to catch on to what he was doing, yeah. then they wanted to bring him into a corporate world. So in about 2000, he wrote this book. Uh, it, it's been updated, I think. He's still around. He still does uh, trainings and courses. But it's, it's based on the principles that came from his sporting world as a, as a sports coach that were then uh, applied to the work environment. And there's... Uh, there's some great concepts, but there's some really practical things that we can do to immediately overcome some of the interference that goes on inside of our brain to get in the way of us being the best versions of ourselves. I will read it. That's a, that's a good one. Now, should I jump into, why don't I, since we're talking about workbooks, yeah. let me jump into what I think is a classic everyone has to read um, if you're in corporate, if you're in a small organization, and it, I mean, it is it is truly a classic. Now we have classics that we'll talk about, like Charles Dickens and others. But this classic is um, Seven Habits, of course, you know what I'm going to say, of highly effective people. I just feel like any individual going into the corporate world needs to read that book by Stephen Covey. Now, I will say I worked for Stephen Covey in college. And just to let you know what a great job I had. Um, I would take all of the, like at the very end of the seminars, they'd give these little cards, like, would you like more information? And I was the person who typed them into the, <laughs> the computer. So I had a very important job at Stephen Covey, but um, I just, he lived it. And I love the book. I think it has great concepts. And so that's one of my all time favorite books is uh, business books. I think, I think is a must, must read. It is a great book. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm somewhat jealous that you had a chance to, to work with him. I, I met him once, uh, saw him present or, or speak much later in his life, but still it, w it was incredibly inspiring and um, certainly seemed to be an absolutely lovely man. But the book is, I agree, terrific and super practical. It's also a great audio book read by Covey himself. So, so let me just jump into like an inspiring book. Because we talk about being our best. You know, you can be your best at work, but also be your best outside of work. And so I'm going to recommend two of my favorites. And I'm going to lump them into one together. And, and these books... I mean, for me, we're somewhat life-changing because when you realize what people can endure, what they can accomplish, it's called Boys in the Boat. And I, I wanted to make this international, you know, with these books, but this is about nine Americans and it's their quest for gold um, at the 1936 Berlin Olympic Games. And it, it was in crew, you know, in rowing. Um, and so it, it was such a good book because once again, it focuses on the individuals, what they had to go through. These were not wealthy individuals, wealthy men, you know, young men, they came from just the, some, some of them, the dregs of society. And this coach just turned them into these fantastic athletes who had to sacrifice, didn't have the money. I mean, it, I mean, I, I will admit at the very end, I was at the gym and I was on a machine and it was so moving at the end that I got a little weepy. I, I mean, I will admit I had some tears and the person next to me 
on the machine looked over and was like, are you, are you feeling okay? <laughs> I was like, yes, this book, this book is beautiful. You got to read this book. So I would say Boys in the Boat. It's by Daniel James Brown. And then just to add on to that, um, the book Endurance by Alfred Lansing is the story of Shackleton and his sailing adventure through Antarctica, which is just amazing what the human spirit can do to survive. And so that's one that I just, I just recently finished, I think three days ago. And I don't know how I missed it because it's such a good adventure books. And I am like, you know, you talk about the swashbuckling books and I, there is something about the adventure books and people accomplishing things they didn't think they could or enduring things. So those two books, if you want to be inspired to be at your best and think, oh, I can do more than I think I can, I highly recommend those two books. Yeah. Okay. I think they, they could be books that I could listen to on Audible in the car. They sound good. Yes. Oh, and you're, I mean, you'll walk out of that because they have great um, readers for the books, I guess. Um, what do they call them? Performers? I can't mm -hmm. remember what they call them. Or actors, I guess, who, who perform this. And, and both of those phenomenal readers. Excellent. All right. Let's, uh, there. So what, what about you? Next one for you. Well, I don't have, it's not so much inspirational. As you were talking, I was thinking about, oh, wow, why don't I have inspirational books? But th this is a book that uh, I think should be inspirational. It's a quite a recent book. It's by a guy called Professor Mark Brackett. He's uh, a professor and director of the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And he's written this book called Permission to Feel. And the subheader, if you like, is Unlock the Power of Emotions to Help Yourself and Your Child Thrive. Now, I don't have kids, uh, so I'm reading this as a helpful guide for myself. But I can definitely see how this book would, would help parents uh, to uh, set their kids up for a much more rewarding and resilient life. But it's um, it, the premise of the book is quite simple. It it's and it's very practical, but it is really about how to notice your feelings, to understand them, and how that knowledge, that information, can help you, and to manage them in a way that can help you have better relationships, uh, be more creative, enjoy your work more. Uh, be more healthy, uh, the whole sort of gamut of benefits. And it's it's one of those things, perhaps not always easy to do, but it's simple stuff. And I really love that. And I recommend it uh, to anybody who wants, particularly in these times, pandemic times, who wants to get some agency over their emotions or to help their kids do the same. Oh, that that's a good one, which... I mean, leads me to one book that I feel the same way that during COVID and during all that we're going through right now, the book, Victor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. I think that is, is a must read right now for looking through hard times and, you know, things that we're going through, unexpected, unmet expectations. You know, how do we act? Now, obviously his experience is much different than what we're going through, you know, his experience in the concentration camps, but it is, that's another, that's a, I think one of those things that we could read now to help us really, you know, look and see where we're at and how we're handling things going on and say, you know, I could probably do a better, better job at that. Yeah, it's, it's a good book. What else? What other book? Uh, any more books in, in your list, Chris? Oh, yeah. So we got to talk about classics. Now, as I get older, I will say I am returning to the classics. 
you know, we read them in, in high school, you know, in the US that's what we call high school and read them in university. And now that I'm coming back to them, I appreciate them so much more. So from one of my friends um, who has a podcast called The Art of Manliness, he put a list out of the 50 books that people should read and on them a lot of the classics. And so I recently read in the last four months, The Scarlet Letter, which I've not read since high school. And I will say it is just a, a beautiful book. Now, have you read The Scarlet Letter, Jason? I haven't, that, no, but if, one thing I, I imagine to be true is that when you were in high school reading it, it was brand new, yeah? It had just been written. <laughs> I know. You can, see, if people could see, they could see my gray hair, of which, Jason, you have more. I do. But anyway, we'll, we'll go. No, I, I <laughs> haven't. Both more, more gray and more hair than I have both. I've not read The Scarlet Letter, <laughs> but I have, uh, I do remember there was a movie um, a few years back that was based on The Scarlet Letter, I think, no? Yes, you're exactly right. And, and I will say you broke a great tradition. So in our family, and this is going to sound terrible, but you cannot see a movie Till you've read the book. Oh, it wow. is not allowed because, of course, the book is always better than than the movie. But the Scarlet Letter, you know, it's a story uh, about a young lady. I shouldn't even give it away. It's just about the story of redemption for someone who makes some bad choices and how she changes her whole village. It it really is a beautiful book. It's a classic. I learned a lot of good things about it. So I love that classic, and I've got to throw in Les Mis, Les Misérables. That book, now read the abridged version, do not read the long version, which is like 3,000 pages, but the um, abridged version of Les Miserables, oh, just another great classic book that everyone has to read. All right, put that on the list. I fear that in the midst of this pandemic, I am already miserable enough without piling it on with a bunch of French people who are miserable too. But I <laughs> you know that's, that's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. It may not be the time you know, during war and the sadness, that's true. It isn't, it isn't a feel good movie. If no. One thing I'm noticing, Chris, is that you, uh, as you said, you read a lot and there's a, there's a good wide diversity of books there. How on earth do you, do you manage to read so many books and, and what would be your top tips for helping me and others read more? Or read better oh, that I like how you ask how to read better because I you know we get, there's all these hacks out there that talk about how you can read you know like two or three books in a, in a week and you skim through them I'm not a believer in that like I want to I want to eat the whole buffet we do know and, and I'm a big believer that my education continues through reading so what are some of the tips that I have now um, to really get through a lot of books you'd be amazed as your day goes on how many opportunities there are to read um, reading first thing in the morning. So I think it's a great way to start out the day. In another one of the podcasts, we talked about morning rituals, setting a goal to read a page a day. Because what happens with books is if you think I'm going to read one page, then what happens is you sit down to read one page and all of a sudden you've read 10, 15 pages. Um, so how do I get through so many books? The secret is, is on my phone or iPad, which I carry with me everywhere. If I'm waiting in line, I'm reading a book. If I'm, you know, just anytime I have a spare moment, if I'm at an appointment, and they're late, I read. If I'm getting on a uh, you know a Zoom call and they're running a little slow, I read. And so in all these little moments, it's amazing how I get through 30, 40 pages in a day just from waiting. I read to relax, I read while I'm eating. Um, but the secret I think really is carrying a book with you everywhere, whether it be on the phone. I mean, we're so lucky now because you know, I, you know before I used to have to carry these books and, I, and it was funny because if you used to look at my suitcase, I'd always carry two to three books. Now I have the Kindle 
and I can get through it. And just the more you read, I just feel like it just opens up a, a world, you know, that people have created. And, and the key is finding a good book. Although I will say, if a book is terrible, I'm not a believer in finishing mm. it. So if I'm not in by page 30 to 40, I'm out. It's gone. I'm not. I'm not reading it. So that helps me get through books instead of saying no, I have to. I have to finish it. So, um, and then I read before I go to bed. It's a great way. You listen to them. Now I'm not a big Audible person, but I do choose some books to listen to in the car, like you do. And a great one. Oh, I gotta say it. See, um, Salt to the Sea by Ruta R U T A Septis. I think it's e S E P E T Y S. We'll put it in the show notes. That is a book. Oh, it's it's just it's a performance. So I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's like, and, and I looked her up. I think it's like her first book ever, and it's a masterpiece. One of my other uh, audible uh, book recommendations. Every now and then, when I'm uh, looking for something a bit different to fall asleep to, other than my swashbuckling uh, adventures, uh, there is another great book by a, a guy called Charles Dickens. You mentioned it earlier. Bleak House, read read by uh, Miriam Margolis. I don't know if you know Miriam Margolis, but she does a fantastic job of doing all of the characters. And w when she's speaking in a in a male voice, she sounds like a dude. You know, she just nails every voice. Yes. And it's it's amazing what she can do with uh, with her voice, as charming and funny as it is bleak. I would definitely recommend that on Audible. Love it. This has been uh, it's been fantastic to be chatting away about books. Um, and uh, we could do this again, Chris, um, and think of some other great books. I, I agree. Hopefully the listeners are just racing out. This is what's so good about talking about books because you get so many good ideas. But you have to share with me before we close out the worst book you've ever read. Well, I'd have to think about that one. I... Um... Maybe we shouldn't say because then the author may be listening. We want to hurt, hurt their feelings. Both of us being authors, we wouldn't want to hurt another author's feelings. No, no. And I, and I haven't read your book yet, Chris. So maybe I should do that first before I answer the question. <laughs> oh, well, both of us have written books. They're both really good books. Um, I have a new one coming out here next year. I would highly recommend that or my first one. You've written like three or four books, haven't you? No, I've written Jason? two. I've finished two. Both I've written many, but finished two. Um, and uh, we'll put all these books, uh, our books, and, and all the books we talked about, we'll put them on our social. Uh, maybe next time when we get together, talk about books, we can talk about your new book, what, what you're writing, and I, I can share a little bit about the book that I just released. Love it. We'll have a little book club, so. Yeah, totally. <laughs>